2: Hey everyone, Kathy Hackle here for Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast. In this bonus episode that you are about to listen to, we spoke to Avery Ekineni, the president of Vayner3. Avery spoke about her work, her vision for the future, what she thinks about AI, and many other things. We hope you enjoy this bonus episode.
1: So Avery, welcome to the podcast. Kathy, thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan, a big avid listener, so I'm honored to be here. Awesome, and I think almost
2: everyone in the Metaverse and Web3 space knows who you are, but just in case for any new folks out there that are just getting their feet wet, can you introduce yourself and tell folks what you do?
1: Absolutely. I'm Avery Acconini, and I am the president of Vayner3. Vayner3 is a Web3 consultancy under the X umbrella, so the chairman is Gary Vaynerchuk, and uh, yeah, for the past almost two years, I've been knee-deep all-in on all things Web3 And I've done a bunch of stuff, both with brands, sort of some of our own programs and projects, and always looking out for sort of what's new and what's next um, for Vayner.
2: Awesome. So you have been working with a lot of different brands across many different categories. I mean, I first got connected to you with uh, when it was like, I think it was ABM Bev, some work work you guys did there. Can you talk a little bit about the experience you've had? I mean, because you guys have had immense growth, immense interest. I mean, you've done amazing work
1: just walk people through like how it started and how it's going. Yeah, so I've been working at Vayner for the last five years. I just passed my five year Vayner anniversary which is really what we call it. Um, and you know, prior to that, I spent my career as in, in digital marketing at Target and at Google. And I got to know Vayner a little bit as an agency partner while I was at Google. And I was very impressed with their differentiated approach to marketing, really being social first, very very digital first. You know, really digital only at that time. Um, so I jumped over to. VP on the media team. Um, We were really building up that media team, and it was really amazing to be a part of that growth journey. We've gone from about 500 people when I joined to nearly 2,000 people in these five years, and I opened up our offices in Asia Pacific um, starting in 2019. So that included Singapore, Bangkok, Tokyo, Sydney, um, and now they've expanded um, into India as of late. So that was a really fun journey, and it was me jumping into something that I knew a little bit about, but every day was a learning journey. And as COVID sort of happened, I was really keen to move back to the United States. Anyone who's familiar with Singapore knows that they love their rules. And I was spending a lot of time um, at home and on my computer. And, you know, as I was talking to Gary about what was sort of next for the marketing industry, he and I were bouncing around ideas, but different things that we thought were interesting. And one that really stuck with us was this idea of NFTs. Gary is himself a really avid collector, whether it's comic books or baseball cards, and he always has been. And he was fascinated with this idea of digital collectibles. And, you know, I played around with crypto for the last, you know, couple of years and had a little bit of ETH in my Coinbase and, you know, kind of got the bug myself. And between end of 2020 to early 2021, spent a lot of time researching, learning from people who were really pioneers in this space, and then starting to think about how we could make this attractive and interesting, not just to Gary's own community, but to a broader swath of people. And I think fundamentally, Web three offers this opportunity for a more personalized, immersive, and ownable internet, and that you know was a transformative thought for us. So we went you know all in on NFTs in 2021. Gary launched Be Friends in May, and we launched Vayner NFT in June. And within um, a couple of like days, really, partners of VaynerXs were interested in joining us on this journey. AB and Bad was actually our first client. They really helped us launch and, and build a team which was amazing. And from there, we expanded across both existing Vayner clients on the advertising side and and also net new clients started to come to us because they saw what we were doing. And the one thing I quickly realized, though, was we were focused on NFTs, but what our partners actually needed was so much broader. NFTs were one part of this world of Web3, but certainly not all encompassing, just one puzzle piece of a bigger puzzle. And we were getting questions about metaverse. We were getting questions about decentralized finance. We're getting questions about crypto. And and we realized that we needed to expand our purview, hence why we sort of expanded that into Vayner 3 in June of 2022, just because we were realistically doing things that were across the Web3 ecosystem for our partners. And you know, now fast forward to February 2023, we continue to define what Web3 really is. I think we have, you know, both brands and governments and enterprise partners who are really keen to participate. They're keen to learn more. Um, They're keen to do things that are, you know, build meaningful experiences for their consumers in the, you know, crossing into the digital world and and also, you know, things that normal people really care about. So that's what we do is, is sort of serve as a strategic consultancy. And in the past couple of weeks alone, you know, we've gotten really into what's happening in the world of AI, starting to, you know, place that within our, our broader and more expansive definition of Web3. And where we've kind of settled is like Web3 is the next iteration of connected consumer behavior. And there are going to be many dimensions to to how this actually materializes. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me and what we do. And I love
2: that. I love that you're taking the broader view. You went from like NFTs to Web3 to now like more expansive, right? And adding everything that's happening in the AI side, generative AI. How do you view this moment? I feel like, you know, it's like a watershed moment, like technology. And and, and I know Gary always talks about that. Like, it's not slowing down, right. right? This is not slowing down. This is where we're heading. Like, what are your thoughts around what we're seeing, right? with generative
1: AI and and just in general like your thoughts around that so yeah i think this is this is a watershed moment we're in kind of a weird period of crypto right and many of the listeners on this podcast, are probably hearing a lot of polarized sentiment on crypto, right? Like what happened with FTX? What's, you know, a lot of allegations that are being thrown around around celebrities and endorsements and what's legit and what's not legit. So I think we've tried to separate ourselves from crypto speculation as much as possible. If I look at the programs and projects that we've done in the last two years, I can genuinely say that like, I'm proud of all of them. I think all of them were designed with the right intent to do something interesting and engaging and You know, brand building and, you know, a rich experience for consumers. So we've tried to, in the last few months, stay away from anything that could at all have a whiff of speculation. And I think that's been the right move. I think it's a watershed moment, though, because it means that all of that is taken out of the equation. And now there's this opportunity to really see the technology for what it is, which one is, moving faster than ever before. And two is, you know, change is the only constant. Like trends are going to happen and that's going to matter to marketers. Wherever attention goes, marketers follow. It's an attention economy. And being able to stay on what's current and what consumers care about is really like a critical value of, of a professional services organization like ours is to navigate sort of the the changes to understand consumer sentiment, understand consumer behavior. And I think that we are seeing more and more brands continue to build programs that are really designed for the long term, I think it's a watershed moment because all of these things are actually coming together. You think about something like AI, you know, I remember in 1996, like I was a kid when the IBM supercomputer beat the chess grandmaster. And like that was, you know, decades ago. And it's just sort of hitting that moment of consumer relevance, right? So I, I think that Web3 right now is at that intersection of really interesting technology and consumer relevance, like, you know, cultural relevance. ChatGPT is the fastest growing app of all time with over 100 million users in 40 days. So I think that these things coming together is interesting and we're seeing a confluence of a lot of these technologies touch each other. I almost think about it like a, you know, a big lava lamp and the bubbles are kind of sometimes they touch and sometimes they don't, um, but they're all sort of in this, this new world. And we're seeing blockchain come together with gaming. We're seeing um, metaverse experiences come together with crypto sometimes. And we're seeing this idea of a personalized, immersive and ownable internet be really the theme of this, this next era of, of the connected consumer behavior.
2: I love that. And you talked about connected consumer experiences, right? And where we're heading, you mentioned community as well. What do you think is the role of community, right, as we're heading into this? Yep. Uh, I mean, Gary's built an amazing community. I know that you guys have built have helped like Pepsi, for example, create communities like in, in this new space, but what is the role of, of community as we head into this future?
1: Yeah, I think community is a buzzword in Web3, but it's one that really matters. Like, I'll give you a shout out, Kathy. Like, you've built a little community for, you know, sharing out your updates on WhatsApp and on LinkedIn and places like that. I think community is fundamental to sort of the next era of the internet as well, because for the last you know, decade or so, brands have been trained to almost rent their audiences. Sure, you have 20 million followers on Instagram, but in order to reach them, you have to do paid ads. It's this whole thing that like you know, the platforms really had control of accessing those communities. And Web3 is challenging that belief by enabling communities to be connected through tokens. And I think that's really fascinating. It's also really hard. So building a community of millions is very challenging. You look at a very successful program like Nike Swoosh, they just today, I believe, passed 300,000 sort of community members and wallets that are a part of it. But that's, you know, one of the biggest consumer brands in the world. So I think we're building these communities, but it is starting small. But the value of that those communities, I think, is immense. You, know, you mentioned Pepsi, so we can talk a little bit about that. Pepsi's done a great job of you know, being a part of this journey and looking at it from a very non-commercial standpoint. From the first Mic Drop NFT, which, you know, peak of the bull market was free, 0% royalties. And then they, you know, have continued that through partnerships with Billboard, through iHeart, and then um, through their website, which, you know, enables you to connect your wallets. You can see your NFTs or some forums and things like that. I think it's cool. It's like the idea to, to bring music lovers together. I think we also see a similar thing with passion points that matter for some of our other brand partners, whether we're talking about Bud Light and what they've built with Ultimate Fandom through a partnership with Zapper Labs in the NFL. Then, of course, there's a token gated Discord where people can go and hang out and chat and talk about the games, talk about scoring. I think that community will be really important for how brands are built in the future, but that is a challenge for many because. You'll have these hyper-engaged people and they're posting, uh, they're talking about how they love, LA, they're talking about their scores, et cetera, but it's a smaller group. And I think a lot of times marketers are used to a very wide audience. It's this sort of new paradigm of a hyper-engaged audience who is incentivized to help you build your brand, but not the same scale quite yet. But I think it'll be in- increasingly super important. And my belief is that we'll also see a lot of sort of brand startup brands Pave the way for this. Like this is how it's always happened, right? Small startups who really understand this technology can embrace it and build something really unique because you know they don't need to reach millions of people. They need to reach a few thousand people who care, who buy their product, who evangelize their product. And I think we'll start to see some of that like the same way we saw brands who really got D2C or really got social media.
2: And, and you mentioned token gated. I know that there's a, a white paper that has that had been launched talking about token gated experiences. Like, what can you tell folks about that? Like, why do token gated experiences
1: work in this new future? Why do they matter? Yeah, we've done a lot of stuff with token gated experiences. And for for folks who aren't familiar with VCon, which is Gary's super conference, if you are a VFriends NFT holder, you get to go to VCon for free. Last year, we had Snoop Dogg and Mila Kunis and Pharrell and all these awesome people. And instead of, you know, traditional tickets, actually your NFT was the ticket to enter VCon, which was really cool and interesting. And and the first ever, like really large scale use of that, Born Ape Yacht Club did a a similar thing with with ApeFest. And since then, um, there's actually been a company built to really help handle this called Token Proof. And we've worked with them on a ton of different things from small sort of brand events to large scale initiatives. Token Proof is doing some great work. And why this matters is because I think a lot of times, especially for folks who are new to Web3, you're like, I have a JPEG, now what? It provides an immediate utility to this ticket, and it also shows that this digital asset can be used for things in the future. I love this idea that you can always add utility to an NFT. Once you have an NFT in your wallet, it could be 10 years later, hey, you got to go to this free concert because you have this. It's this engagement mechanism that I think is really, really interesting. So we love tokenized access to events because it provides an immediate utility. It creates a connection and a touch point, and it shows, you know, folks who are newer to this space a real value. In the same way, some people save their, you know, Super Bowl forty-nine tickets forever. Um, I think people also care about saving these souvenirs in a digital realm, and I love that an NFT can really be that. We're still at the early days for for how this is going to be adopted, but I think it you know, makes so much sense because it's a programmable, like rewards mechanism that can be used for, hey, you know, you're a gold member, you get 20% off your beer, you get first access to this, it can all be scanned in digitally and programmed into the smart contract, which I think is fascinating. And, and for folks who are keen to learn more, I would strongly suggest checking out token proof. And their use cases go beyond just sort of token gated events to token gated experiences digitally as well, it could be a custom homepage, a custom discount, custom login. I'm incredibly impressed with everything that TokenProof is, you know, continuing to build.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
2: And you're one of those trusted voices, right, that brands come to and they have questions, right? And And some of them are probably thinking, because of the current market situation, like, oh my gosh, like, where do we put our attention, right? Should it be here? Should it be here? Like, how do we stay relevant? Like, to me, it's like the question is like, how do you stay relevant in the age of TikTok, Web3, Metaverse, AI? Like, there's so many things pulling
1: at their attention. What do you say to them? Like, how do you advise them on this? Yeah, well, first of all, you know, probably a controversial thing to say, but like, you don't have to, You don't have to jump into web three, but you have to learn, is what I always advise them. You don't need to activate tomorrow. You don't have to chase headlines, you know, to be relevant. What you need to do is really understand what's happening and then be able to apply it to your business. So brands come to us all the time and say, like, I want to do an NFT project and I've got an idea for X, Y, and Z. And that might be the right idea, but it might, it might not, right? I think that for us, starting with A real understanding of the technology and then being able to marry it to your business objectives is really where the magic happens. And sometimes this makes a ton of sense. Massive consumer brands that have existing loyalty programs, existing event strategies, it can fit neatly within what they're already doing as a first sort of touch point. But that's not every brand in the world. If you don't have a TikTok, maybe you don't need to launch an NFT program. Maybe you pick TikTok first and that's okay. But I think understanding where this is going is critical. And I think a lot of brands who felt that they were late to web two are now really keen to jump into understanding web three and almost like future proofing themselves by they didn't take web one seriously enough. They were late to get their website. They didn't take web two seriously enough. They were late to get their Facebook and Instagram and maybe even TikTok. And now they're like, okay, I don't want to be late again. I want to lean into this early. And I think the brands who've had the most success are really those who have found a way to integrate it into their core business. And a very practical example I, I often cite is Reddit. So we did a white paper with Reddit, um, the ABCs of NFTs, um, almost a year ago, and it was great. And I've been so impressed with the way that their team has built Web3 into their core marketing and engagement strategies. The $28 million market cap impacted 7 million unique wallets, and they did it because they've built something that their consumers actually want. I think a lot of brands are chasing this like very small community of NFT natives instead of thinking, what their consumers really want out of engaging more deeply with them. So I think it all starts with understanding the technology and the applications and then matching that to what your consumers care about and, you know, your business objectives, and then launching into a strategic approach, knowing that it's not a sprint, it's a marathon Web3 isn't going anywhere. It will evolve. And I've been really proud of a lot of our partners for, you know, more recently taking that kind of measured approach to think through everything first versus a year ago. I think people were just wanting to jump in and show that they were part of the conversation.
2: It's definitely changed a lot in the last year, right? Oh yeah.
1: You know it. (laughs)
2: Of like wanting to get that, you know, first to do X in the metaverse or whatever. And now it's like, no, let's sit down and think really about the long term here. And what does this mean? So I I love that. What are you excited about when you look at the future and what's coming? Like what excites
1: you about what's coming down the line? One thing that I'm really excited about is evolving sort of collectibles. I think that'll be really interesting. We actually just did a program that launched yesterday with Crown Royal that's this sort of chain of gratitude type of thing, free digital collectible that you know linked to their sort of Super Bowl spot and, and their kind of core theme of gratitude and generosity, where you can actually pass on a chain and the NFT evolves, the metadata updates, which I think is really cool. And this idea that a, a digital collectible doesn't have to be static. It can evolve over time, I think will be really interesting. As brands have different programming, you know, year over year, different leadership year over year, um, being able to evolve that, I think is super cool. Another thing I'm really excited about, and I know, Kathy, you've got a lot of heart for this as well, um, is the growth of some of these immersive digital experiences that are, are having really breakthrough consumer moments, whether we're talking about Roblox, which I think it was just last weekend, beat their like highest number ever of simultaneous players with almost 10 million. I'm really fascinated with what they're building over there and how that can apply to brands um, who are looking to connect with the next generation of their consumers with Gen Alpha. And the third thing I'm really excited about is increasing transparency around sort of regulation. I think that's been something that's held a lot of our our partners back is not, it's just not knowing, you know, I think having clarity is something that people are really craving so they can make the right decisions and plan accordingly. So yeah, evolving collectibles, immersive experiences and and how they continue to take off in popularity with John Alpha and and regulatory clarity are, are three things that I'm really looking forward to over the next you know, six to 12 months.
2: Yeah, I feel like there's so much gray right now. So that holds some of the brands back. They're like, well, I, I'm not ready to move until I have more clarity. Yes. Um, so, so definitely get that. Definitely get that. When you look at like the convergence of the physical world and the virtual world, right, and everything that's happening, you know, are you excited about potentially, you know, wearables, glasses? Like, what, what, are, are, you, what are you thinking around that?
1: Yeah, well, you're talking to a girl who worked on the Google Glass marketing team. So I was a very early adopter and I was super convicted at the time that I thought that was going to be like the thing because they're really light, they're really easy to wear. We had them in the DVF fashion show. I was super bullish on Google Glass, projected like the screen um, into your eye for those of you who may have not had the chance to demo Google Glass. And, you know, within like a year, it kind of like petered off and it was cold off. I think we're seeing that. We haven't seen that killer app moment yet. For virtual reality. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff being developed and, you know, I've tried the new Quest Pro and it's cool. I can have my Excel. Like, you know, there's a bunch of interesting things, but it's not quite there yet from a consumer adoption perspective. And I try to not make predictions about the future, but rather just pay attention to consumer behavior. And I think we haven't yet seen that killer app for AR, excuse me, for uh, VR. On the AR front, I'm a little bit more bullish because I see so many very practical applications of how AR can be used. And it's right here in your phone, which is simple. At the end of the day, consumers want convenience. And I'm, I'm bullish on the fact that there probably will be some killer apps that really get AR brought into the mainstream. And it's something that feels accessible, not just for you know Americans, but also for folks around the world because of the proliferation of smartphones, which I love. That's actually one of the reasons why... You know, I think VR is challenging is because of the sort of hardware equipment requirement, but excited about AR and then extremely excited about where we're going in the direction of AI with the caveat that this does require legal counsel review. I think from, you know, a strategizing to a concepting to copywriting to an art direction to even a a creative production standpoint, AI is going to revolutionize how digital marketers operate. Been using uh, a couple of tools for, almost a year at Vayner in different forms and fashions, replacing storyboards with AI uh, illustrations, testing out different sort of formats of copy. Um, And right now, we're not using any of this externally yet. But I just saw today, BMW post their Valentine's Day Instagram post that was actually generated with AI. So I'm really bullish on how digital marketers will be able to harness this power, knowing, of course, that it'll take a little bit of time to sort out the legal points of inspiration and sourcing and and all of that great stuff. But those are three things that I'm I'm really keen uh, to see take off this year. And of course, sort of bucketing these all in this world of Web3, um, seeing them come together, I think the convergence of a lot of these will be, is something that is inevitable. It's just, you know, when which one of these starts to move a little bit quicker and gains consumer adoption and gain, gains consumer love because marketers will be right thereafter. And I do believe that blockchain is going to be like a massive underpinning for all of this, probably in a less visible way than what we've seen in the sort of PFP craze. But this immutable ledger, I think, is going to be a big part of, of the next era of the internet and, and also a big uh, enabler of interoperability between these you know amazing cool things that are being built.
2: And one thing I love about you as well is that you're a global leader, right? But you're based in Miami, you're based in Florida, you know, you become a leader there as well, like, and really connected to that community. You know, I feel like we're moving to this era of decentralized innovation, right? Where innovation can happen anywhere. You know, you've lived in Singapore, now you're Miami, like you run a global company. What are your thoughts around the role of innovation? You know, it no longer has to happen in one
1: place. So, you know, as a leader that you are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I love that too, and I think that it, it kind of coincided with COVID, right? Where we were forced, everybody was forced to be online um, all the time. I mean, if this were happening four years ago, we'd probably be sitting together at your office or the Vayner office doing this podcast. That's how we used to do podcasts. You'd always sit next to each other. Now it's super normalized that you know you're you're in DC, I'm in Miami, and we're chatting, and it's great and it's easy. And I think it gives people back time for their personal lives as well, which also really matters. At Vayner, we're all about, you know, creating that work-life balance for people. And I think it's been amazing on that side of the house. I believe in a hybrid future. So I love that I can be on, you know, a Zoom call with our, our partners in London or Amsterdam. But I also think it's important to sort of build in-person relationships to mix in with that. We do a lot of stuff sort of virtually. and That's our kind of core mode of operations. But at Vayner, we are, try to be in the office at least four days a month is the requirement um, for VaynerX, which I think is pretty reasonable. And it also gets people together because so much of our job is, is in person, is collaborating, right? And you know, getting a coffee with someone in person is, is really nice. I think the Geographic barriers have have been broken down though. And you know if we find an exceptional candidate who's based in Timbuktu, we might hire them in a way that we wouldn't have been able to in years past just because we can operate so digitally. And people also are are used to working in, in sort of a global um, environment and economy, especially if you're working on sort of Fortune 500 consulting land. So I love it. On the Miami front, we are opening a bigger office here very shortly. And I think it'll be nice to supplement the sort of digital first uh, team building with in person team building more and more here in Miami, so we can grow the next generation of Vayner Talent.
2: Awesome! So, where can folks find you? I also know you have an amazing podcast with our friend Sam. So, where can folks find you, and where can they where can they access the podcast as well?
1: Absolutely. So you can find me, Avery Akinini, on all the social platforms. I post a lot about advertising. I post a lot about marketing. I post a lot about Web3 and, and my two cents. So follow me on Twitter, on LinkedIn, and I have a great podcast on CoinDesk called Generation C. Kathy, we're gonna to need to get you on to share your insights. Would love to have you. So check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And also hit up Vayner3.com/slash learn if you are ever interested in getting any sort of resources of you know what we think on various topics. Topics. We try to put out white papers from time to time, often, often with some of our partners. Awesome.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much,
1: Avery. Thank you, Kathy.
2: Thank you for listening to this bonus episode. You'll hear from many professionals like Avery and Gary Vee and many others in Season 3, which debuts later this year. We hope you've enjoyed these bonus episodes. And we hope that you'll listen to us in the fall when Metaverse Marketing returns. For now, I'm signing off. This is Kathy Hackle. And I'll see you in the Metaverse. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus.